Hey guys! Hey! Welcome to Lunch Hi. Plus. We're sorry we're a couple minutes late, but we've got a great episode in store for you today. It's Tuesday, and you know what Tuesday means. It's why we've got Melanor on here. Yeah. I'm, I'm Melanor. That. <laughs> Yep, it's Willet Muffin Day! Yay. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. we were going Taco Tuesday. We need to do a taco muffin. <laughs> oh! Johnny basically does that. Really? That's yes. a thing? Like, basically. Okay, so up first, we have, <laughs> today at noon, we have Willet Muffin coming at you, and it's going to be such a great one. We have a special guest for Willet Muffin, and then right after that, we're going to go into a time of prayer. After that, share the broadcast and make sure that you stick around for Bible trivia because you could win <gasps> free money! Free money during Bible I trivia. If you were the first one to get the answer right with Buddy, and then after that, we're gonna have What's the Word with Pastor Brian and Paul. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it there, is. there's your little jingle. Awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Did you hear Serena do a jingle yesterday? It was no. during Minute to Win It, and I was so elated, and you just <laughs> kept plowing. So if you no. go back and watch us, I'm like beaming that she's singing, and I you're, didn't just, notice that. you're just going. I'm excited about it, but right now it is family chat time, and and you did say earlier when I if I say Melanor, I'm talking about yeah, her. Me. I have She's an mixing my name. I have an abundance of nicknames for Marky. Not just Marky, everybody. <laughs> that's that's true. true. That's very it true. Confused me many a time. <laughs> Everyone's like, who's Melanor? <laughs> that one. It's just me. <laughs> But we thank you so much. At, right before we hop into our question, thank you for being on with us. Comment so that we can say hello to you as you're joining, so that way we know that you're on and live. Mama Crabtree is on. She was the hello. third commenter. And Pastor Mama is on. We're just so excited to see y'all. Lisa says hi. George says, what's up? I'm I was really picturing more of, what's up? Yeah, you said remember the commercial. What's up? That's what he said. Was it? I was your mom. It, it sent was me it was a commercial for alcohol. Anyway. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. So question number one. <laughs> question number one. Dun dun dun. Zoo or aquarium? Which one? Which one would you rather go to? So <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> that seems so sarcastic. Which one? Which one would you rather Zoo go or to? Aquarium. It was kind of aggressive. <laughs> it was like a sarcastic aggressive. Would you um, rather go to a zoo or an aquarium? Hannah says zoo. Paul says zoo because you have to make animal noises and talk to them. Of course. So, you, can't, you can't make animal noises to the fish? That's... <laughs> I don't know. So, so here's the thing. Priscilla, you can't do that. you got to pick one. Um, George, I was thinking the same thing, Priscilla. <laughs> Mama Chris says aquarium. Okay, so I'm going to let you into a fun fact about George W. Nauer. He's an aquarium man, and George is like the Dr. Doolittle of the sea. Like, he can, he can talk to them. They flock to him. Like, I'm not exaggerating. They flock to him when what? he goes there. They'll, like, Ooh. swarm to the glass when he's there. Like, they'll follow him. It's really, really interesting. <laughs> George. Speaking of George. George says an aquarium is really just a watered-down zoo. He's That's so pleased so with himself. Oh, I bet. I'm pleased with him. <laughs> That was great. The only time George uses emojis is if he's actually incredibly pleased with the comment that he's made. I think it's hilarious. Humphrey says zoo. Priscilla says zoo, then aquarium. I'm an aquarium person because my favorite animal is a sea turtle. And so I get very excited when I see them. So 
Here's the thing, like aquariums are like some of the most peaceful places to go, just because like it's just That's nice true. and quiet and like you see the underwater. Uh, zoos though are super fun. I really don't I know. Expecting. I can't make a choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. No. I was expecting there to be like a downside to zoos, like well aquariums are this and zoos are, but it just stayed high. And zoos are fun yeah. too. <laughs> They're both great. Oh, okay. They're both okay. great. See, yeah. at, at, at a zoo, zoo you, you'll find a giraffe at a zoo. Yes. And giraffes are my favorite animals. Oh, oh, so, that's interesting. Hey, there's a, probably because they're tall. The biggest, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Paul, have to correct me. The biggest zoo in North America, or just in the United States, is here in North Carolina what? in Asheboro. It's humongous. But here's the thing with zoos: you get real hot, like because you've got to walk yeah. around that puppy, and it's that's really true. hot outside. The aquarium, yeah. the aquarium's <laughs> chill. <laughs> What's your answer? I think zoo. I have to. I think zoo because I like being outside and I like seeing the animals and stuff. Yeah. Although I really like um, otters and otters yes. are at aquariums and seals. <gasps> yeah, they're at a zoo too. They're they zoo are. Too. Yeah. Okay. So, zoo. So here's the thing. If any of you like, I just need to take all of you to the aquarium with me and George, and your opinion's gonna be swapped because you're gonna enjoy Aquarium George. Question number two. <laughs> aquarium George. I've heard stories about Aquarium George. Aquarium George. It's kind of intimidating. <laughs> Would you rather be without elbows or be without knees? Um, <laughs> I need to practice this. I don't know. <laughs> I, what do you would, think, guys? I'd rather be without elbows. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, oh. You couldn't hold anything. How do I drink my coffee? <laughs> You'd have to drink it like a dog. Like. But being without knees, well, you can walk How do you knees. do that? Okay, I'd rather be without knees. No. I just proved it, I just proved it right there. You can't eat your food unless you like. Unless you have like really short Stop arms. using your knees right now. Unless. You get like short arms that are like. No, you this. can't hold them out straight. No, that's me not having knees. But is it like you can't have it? Because if this is the case, no elbows would mean I could hold my arms out straight. And yeah. if that's the case, I could still pick things up. Yeah, How but you, you can't drink them. You can't get it to your face. I could just bring my face to it. Okay, dr drink it without using your elbows. It's a hot coffee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it was in a bowl, I could lap it up. This I could get a hot. straw. This isn't hot. <laughs> I could get a straw. Oh. <laughs> yep, that's we just not got working. really close. So we just proved I would <laughs> much rather <laughs> not have knees. We just got really close with that drink. <laughs> <laughs> we just yep. said the other day that we're glad that we can, like, at the point where we drink after each other, we just took it up a level. <laughs> it was all level. <laughs> that was not one level. Especially when, when like you three. exhaled into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would rather be without knees is the moral of this. Probably, yeah. Oh, we made Paul change his mind. <gasps> Whoa! Hey, that doesn't mind. happen often. Look at us demonstrating so well. <laughs> George says everyone is a Lego figure. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Just dump it. That's too dangerous. I couldn't do that. Okay, question number three. Would you rather have a Texas accent and live in New York or have a New York accent and live in Texas? Texas accent and live in New York. Well, we live no. in the South. Well, uh, I don't know. I See, feel like I'd rather live in Texas, but if I'm going to have an accent, I don't want to have a New York accent in the South. 
I've had a Canadian accent in the South, that's and true. I don't want to do that. That's true. I think people people tend, I think up North, they tend to like Southern accents more than the South likes Northern accents. So Valid, so, as evidenced by Paul and Holly immediately mm -hmm. going, Texas accent, live in New York. So the question, though, is, like, are we talking New York City or upstate? Either. I'll just say upstate, which they don't have an accent. And stick with that. So I'd rather have a New York accent. Oh, no, no, no. You've got to have like a legit New York accent. <laughs> well, see, okay, but I have relatives in New York. And it, well, it's Serena's relatives. So I can't say Texas accent and live in New York. You know what? Probably all these questions came from Serena. I'm yes. imagining. I, I'd have to be Texas accent in New York. I'm, can you imagine like having a box, a boss, a Boston, a Boston. accent, <laughs> a Boston accent and living in Texas? No, that would. <laughs> Paul said I would do it. What? No. no. Paul said that no. the coolest accent is a Boston accent. What's the coolest accent, guys? Put it in the comments right now. Coolest accent. No offense to anyone in Boston. I love you guys in Boston. I love you. Like, I have family that talks like they live in Boston. I do too. But I'm glad that Wisconsin? I got the. Wisconsin. I'm Wisconsin. Lucky. That's a good accent. Ka. Patridge hunting. Patridge. Irish hmm. accent. Interesting. Yeah. George said that he still has kind of a Chicago accent and lives here in North Carolina, so my, his choice is a New York accent in Texas. Johnny, Texas is hot all the time. Johnny doesn't even care about the accent. He's like, I'm not living where it's hot. Texas is hot. Okay, so George says the coolest accent is his French accent. His Fun French fact accent. for everybody. George, yesterday, uh, to all of his, like, I don't remember which class it was, but to all of his students, he just said that he had a French accent throughout his whole class and that he was just living here in America through the whole thing to try and convince the was kids that, that the he was French. Was the first day of class? That what? was like yesterday. <laughs> was yesterday the first day of class? No, classes, he just immediately put it on. He's oh. like, I've been tricking you for this whole time. I've had you as a, through the whole thing. I feel like that would be perfect to open the very first class, like students you've never met before. What? So that's a fun fact about George. And that's your bonus content of the day. <laughs> right now, it is time for us to hop into our first segment of the day. Technically, you're our first segment. We love you. But it's Will It Muffin time. So stick around. We're going to be back in just a couple seconds. Find out what weird food they're turning into muffins. And guess right now, guess what kind of food are the, is the fam going to have to ingest today? It's not me. <laughs> stick around. You'll find out in just a couple seconds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lunch Plus broadcast. I almost said What's Right broadcast. I mean, it's whatsright.com. <laughs> but welcome to the broadcast. We have an awesome show for you today. First up on our show today, we have uh, Will It Muffin. Put in the comments what you think we're going to be muffining 
Is that a word? Muffining? Sure. It's a word now. Sure. Put in the comments what you think we're going to be muffining today. After Will It Muffin, we have a time of pr powerful prayer. And after prayer, we're going to have some time of Bible trivia where you can win uh, some gift cards on us. After, ew, okay. <laughs> after, you'll know why I said, made that sound in like a second. After that, we have our next installment of The Man Who Would Be King. But first up, we have Will It Muffin. Hey guys, welcome to Willet Muffin. I know you've been waiting all week for this segment again. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is a great one. So I want you to guess what you think. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a hint. So we're doing, today we're doing interesting fruits. So like you normally have like blueberry muffins and like strawberry muffins maybe, something like that, I don't know. I don't eat it like a ton of muffins, but you normally have fruit muffins like that. <sighs> Today we're having interesting fruit though, not like crazy, not like weird, just interesting fruit that you might not normally get in a muffin. So I want you, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna tell you the two. Um, we're gonna have the first two, but the last one is gonna be a surprise. Oh, it's no. gonna be a mystery. Mm. So well. I want you, I want you guys right now to start commenting what you think the third mystery fruit will be for the muffin. And if you get it right, then you get my respect. That's what you get. That, that's a high honor. Yeah. <laughs> you get my respect. You get my respect. So, yeah. Comment now what you think it is. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Are you guys ready? So, what do we have right now? What do, so, we have right now, we have grapes. Who's your special guest? Our special guest. We have a special guest. Yes, we do. <laughs> if you haven't noticed already, Holly is our special hi. guest. Welcome. Say hi Hello. to Holly. Everyone say hi to Holly. Hi, Holly. People are hi. commenting. They're guessing. <laughs> we have a guest for avocado. Is avocado a fruit? It is? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Uh, it is not avocado. Let's Keep hope guessing. it's not avocado. <laughs> Keep guessing. Keep guessing. <laughs> that would be awful. So we have gross. grape muffin. Yay. And I can handle that. Mango muffin. That one Those will be interesting. I'm telling you right now. I'm not telling you the last one, though. You have to guess it. So, um, Paul, would you do me the honor of mixing our muffins today? Is it because I'm the tall guy in the group? Sure. No, it's because you're strongest. <laughs> so, what, yeah, so you're going to want to crack the eggs. Like, oh, he's getting Wow, nice. look at that. Look Aww. at that. That was beautiful. Good job. That's a little gross. <laughs> I saw something fall on my, I saw something, I saw something. There you go. Your technique, though, is, is Look at that. impeccable. Have you ever baked before? Uh, yes, I do a lot of cooking. You do a lot of cooking. Do you yep. do a lot of baking, though? No. Have you ever, so you've never made muffins? I've made muffins. You have made, Have you made grape muffins? Yeah, have you <laughs> <Or> made mango <laughs> muffins? Never made grape or mango. No? What fruits do you normally put in your muffins? Blueberry and raspberry. Ooh. Have you done strawberries? No. Strawberry muffins are good. They we, are? Yeah, we've done strawberries. You're Wait. doing fantastic, Paul. Yeah. He's doing fantastic. You want some oil? Yeah. Someone some said, oil. oh, Holly. Oil. How did you guess peaches? <laughs> oh, You're right here. How did you just comment peaches? Ah. Oh. Do you have someone else? Is Arabella on your account? <laughs> oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Holly Shaver is on here and commenting Barrett at the same says time. Paul looks like a giant. Well, that's because we're all... Okay, I think it's now. Do you want to add the fruit? Which one? Are we adding both at the same time? Yeah, we're adding both at the same time. 
Same time. Yeah, same time. Oh, that looks. That is looks. Is it peaches? No, it's not peaches. It's Praise not peaches. God. That looks. If it's peaches, I'm not, I'm out. It's not peaches. <laughs> that. Keep no, guessing, guys. Great. Keep commenting. See if you can figure it out. Um, watermelon. I I have very low hopes for this. She said fruit. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> oh, there's egg on the table. Oh, Priscilla said tomato. Tomato. Nope, it's not tomato. It's okay. Not. Good. Good <laughs> yes. guys. Okay. I think we're all mixed up. We're all mixed up. Oh. How is it? How is that? I don't think I've ever had brownie batter. Brownie batter. Just like muffin batter. Okay. Consider we're making muffins. I don't think it'll be brownies. Okay. Do you want to put them in the <laughs> oven? <laughs> don't put the whisk in there. It, it might oh, burn. Yeah. I don't think that's safe. Okay, <laughs> go. Can you put it in here? There you go. All right. Okay, put so, the muffins in the oven. <laughs> so I want sure. you guys to put in the comments whether or not you think grape and mango works as a muffin. I'm really nervous, but I will say though, when right we now? like two weeks ago when you had the gummy worm or the gummy yeah. bears, that was actually very very good. So I, I've learned that I need to come into it this unbiased. Yeah. Oh, ding. They're done. They're, They're right. done. They're done. <laughs> I am so excited. Wow, they actually okay, look. Don't look. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I broke the rule. <laughs> Here are the first no. ones. Mango. 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 Oh, they're hot. No, oh. they're not. Oh, they're hot. Yes, they are <laughs> hot. They're hot. You want to get a nice shot of that? Look at that piece oh, of yeah. mango. Do you want right to show everyone? Do you want to see the picture? There it is. There's the beautiful Oh, there's a picture. picture of it. Look at that. Look at that. Well, then I'm just going to eat this part then. Look at that. I'm, I'm skeptical. Oh, not bad. Oh, you're already okay. eating it. Do okay. you guys think that mangoes will make a good muffin? I want you to say yes or no right now. Oh, look, people are already doing it. Look, you guys are amazing. You're so smart. <laughs> it's shell mango. muffin. William Wagner says mango, yes. He thinks it'll make a good one. Priscilla says no, I do not think it'll make a good one. Yes. I didn't really taste. Holly, again, somehow magically <laughs> is saying yes, it will muffin. <laughs> You know what? Barry, yes. Rachel, no. I don't get a lot of the mango really? flavor. How do you, does yeah, it, does I, I it I'm good with it. You like it? I have to find the mango and like take a small bite on it, but I like it. You like I, it? Yeah. It's good. It's not bad. Have you guys ever had a mango muffin? Let me know if you've ever had one. I don't think anyone ever has, but maybe they have. Okay, guys, so yeah. it's a yes. Paul, yes, yeah. it will muffin. I'm a yes. It'll muffin? Yeah. It'll muffin? Okay, are you guys ready for the next one? I'm surprised. Now we're going to try the grape. I want you to get uh, comment now if you think that grape will muffin. I love muffin. grapes. See, I like grapes too, but the question is how it handles the cooking process. Because I don't think, well, I mean, jelly. Maybe it just jellifies. There it is. All right. This is like this a mini This is grape. Muffin. You want to put a picture on the screen of grape? There's a lot of grapes in this one. Yeah. Like a lot. I have no idea if this will muffin. I have no idea. Guys, comment now if you think grapes will muffin. Honestly, all I can mm. see is the skin. William, William, Mr. Will says yes. Rachel says no. No. Hannah I'm says not a, no. I'm a fan of the grape muffin. No. See, look. No. When you look at it, it you can That's only see good. the skin. I don't know yeah. what happened Why to the inside. Brown? <laughs> Why is that nasty, like, brown? I don't know. Yeah. You're the one who made it. Seedless. <laughs> <laughs> Paul made them. Paul made them. We just saw him make them, okay? Oh, yeah, Johnny, Paul, come yeah, on. They're what seedless. are you doing, Paul? Come yeah. on, Paul. Yeah, they're it's gross. interesting. I don't know the science behind this, but... But literally, like the inside of the grape just like disappeared. <laughs> and all that's left in there is like the skin of it. It's gross. It's no. not good. Boo. Okay. <laughs> that's a negative ghost rider. It doesn't. Thumbs down. Okay, guys, it's time for the last muffin, the mystery kind of muffin. Kind of nervous. 
Has I'm, anyone guessed correctly what it was? Um, yes, actually. Oh, no. But it was, it was actually Barrett. Barrett guessed in the comments. It is, and actually you guessed too, it's watermelon! Watermelon yeah. <laughs> I hate Honestly, <laughs> all I can picture is the watermelon like melting in, in, during the cooking That's process. That's what I thought too, it but it actually stayed like solid. If you could, what? If, what? If you guys want to see the picture, it stayed, like there are pieces of watermelon. Interesting. It there like, are! Whoa! Look at that! Look, Look at, at that. that! Look at that mm. bad boy. Look oh. at that! Well, people grill watermelon. I did that last night, and it was really weird. You grilled watermelon? Yep, just for the sake of it, and it tasted like Chinese food. <laughs> I don't know why. You don't like it? No. Guys, do you think, does anybody think that watermelon will muffin? I want to know if I have like at least one. Is there one of you guys that will say this will? Because I feel like everyone's going to say no. I didn't really get Wait, a watermelon flavor. Mary says, what does it taste like? Okay. I don't get a flavor. Get a, get a, what it, can watermelon you explain, makes me like gag. Can you explain yeah, well, what this tastes like? Because I want to know. It's, it's, it's almost no. like the watermelon no. was concentrated down, and it, it turned into a weird texture, too. Really? Yeah. Because all the water came out of it's the like, watermelon. It's gross. Really? It's gross? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, it's not good. I, I don't know how to explain that, but like the watermelon kind of shriveled up into like a, some kind of a condensed mm. gelatin-ish kind of... I think it's more the texture of it that the makes texture, it bad yeah. than it is the flavor. Yeah, I, I taste think the, it, the but texture. the texture's horrid. Watermelon. No. No, no, it does not. It does Chris Crabtree no, no, said, no. we tried grilled watermelon and it was awful. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't work. Well, I tried. No, no, no. I nope. tried. I, at least the, the mango muffins work su success, guys. It worked. That's true. So thank you for joining us today. One out of three. One, one out, out of three. One out, the grapes one didn't, right? No. Was, no? Okay, grapes so we got nice. one. One of them worked today. Thank you guys for being a part of this muffin journey as we figure this out and see what kinds will work. Paul is wiping the egg with the muffin. The muffin is, is absorbent. That is, that is you nasty. just take a bite out of it. I mean, I've eaten raw eggs. You just do it all the time. It's all right. Okay. Well, on that note, we love you guys so much. I will see you guys next week. And today we are continuing on with our segments. The next segment is prayer. So um, you can comment now if you have any prayer requests. And it's going to be awesome. So I will see you guys later. Bye. 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 Hey guys, welcome to today's time of prayer. We're super excited to have you here with us because we know that God moves through the prayers of a righteous man and a righteous woman. And that's you and that's me. And I'm just so excited because prayer is how God moves here on the earth. And so today we are just going to hop in. We're going to believe, you know, the direction that I've really had on my heart this morning during 6 a.m. prayer and right now is to just take a couple minutes and pray for the nation. We're likely going to do this often, especially as we have an election coming up. But there's a verse in Isaiah, and if you can go ahead and put this in the, in the comments, say Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 6. And Grayson, I see that. Uh, Grayson is asking us to pray for her daughter, Juniper. We're absolutely going to be praying. I've been praying for her um, anytime she's come up to me, so we're definitely going to pray for her as well. But in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6, it says, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord. 
Take no rest for yourselves. Now, we know that the Lord wants us to be in his rest all the time. But basically what he's saying is don't sleep on the things that God's called us to do. And we are called to be people of prayer. We're designed to pray. We're designed to be in intimacy with the Lord. And as people made in his image and his likeness, we're designed to speak things here on the earth and see the Lord's will done. Just like it says in Matthew 6, on earth as it is in heaven. So today we're going to pray. We're going to pray for heaven to come to earth. We're going to see him move and it's going to be amazing. We're going to do our daily confessions as well as the end. But right now, Just join with me. If you pray in the spirit, then pray in the spirit with me. If you don't yet pray in the spirit, then just agree with me. United prayer is where God commands the blessing. In unity, God commands the blessing. So right now, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, that we are your watchmen. We thank you, Father, that you have entrusted us here on the earth as sons of men to oversee the earth and what happens. God, we thank you for that honor. We don't take it lightly. We don't fall asleep on our responsibilities. We wake up right now to the full calling that you've called each and every single one of us to, to be ambassadors, to speak out the will of God. Right now, Father, we pray the way that Jesus told us to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, right now, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We just thank you, God, that you, you're flowing here on the earth. You're flowing here on the earth. Your will is being done. Your will is being done. Your will is being done in our nation. Your will is being done in this election. Your will is being done in every area of our country. We humble ourselves before you, God. We take up the mantle of responsibility that you've given to us. Lord, we just humble ourselves before you. Your will be done. God, for the viewers watching, your will be done. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, I ask right now for doctors and for Grayson and Dylan to have wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. Let them have a full revelation on what has been happening with Juniper. We command in the name of Jesus for healing to be in her body. We command in Jesus mighty name for healing to be in that little baby's body. By your stripes, she was healed. She was healed. It's a done deal. Healing is hers. Lord, I thank you that authority rises up right now in her parents, that they, when they lay hands on their baby, your word tells us that those who lay hands on the sick shall see them recover. Lord, in Jesus name, Grayson, I'm just going to encourage you right now. You lay your hands on your baby and you just speak the will of God over her. In Jesus name, Juniper is healed. In Jesus mighty name, full recovery, full recovery, full recovery in Jesus name. Manifest from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, you're not a respecter of persons. We thank you, Lord, that just like you healed Oliver, 
Paul's son when he was a baby and Ayatioko as his parents laid hands on the sick and they saw him recover. Lord, same healing. You're the same God of healing. May it happen in Juniper. Lord, in Jesus name, let her be whole. Father, we thank you for Miss Sherry. Thank you, Lord, that she has continued healing manifesting in her body. We thank you, God, that she is a walking, talking, living, breathing miracle. We thank you, God, that her testimony will lead others to the full revelation of how powerful and how mighty you are. And thank you that healing continues to follow her. Lord, in Jesus' name, for every person watching, let healing rise up in their body right now. Wholeness, healing, fullness of life in Jesus' mighty name. God, we thank you for it. We thank you that not only are you healing us physically, you're healing us spiritually. You're healing us emotionally. You're healing us mentally. Lord, for every person watching, I thank you that minds are clear, emotions are stabilized. God, I command that every chemical imbalance represented by people watching, that's not you, that's the curse. And I command in the name of Jesus, every chemical imbalance to be leveled out today. In Jesus' name, completely stabilized, completely level, completely normal, healing, wholeness in Jesus' mighty name. God, we thank you that there is an awakening that sweeps through this country, that your men and your women, that they would wake up to the full power that they have had vested in them through your son. Your son took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and then he turned all authority back over to us. God, we wake up in our authority today. We wake up today. Every person watching, we wake up today. Today, you're called to be powerful. You're called to carry the power of God. And wherever your foot treads, you are taking dominion for the kingdom. You dominate that place. The strongest spirit wins. And the spirit of the living God, if you are a believer, he is on the inside of you. And that spirit is what wins today. As we go into these next two confessions really quickly, that power that's inside of you, declare these things with me and expect to see them done in your life. Confession number two. We are out of debt and carry a debt canceling anointing and we flow in supernatural abundance for every good work. And then confession number three, and this lines right up with what we've been praying. God is so good. (laughs) Confession number three. Join with me. We have divine health in our bodies now, and we carry an anointing for supernatural healing. Glory to God. That's me and that's you. Grayson says right now, the anointing is flowing in our home right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you hear your people. (laughs) Lord, your ears are not short that you cannot hear. Your hand is not short that you cannot save. God, you hear us when we pray. And we thank you, Father. Thank you that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes what it was sent to do. We thank you for healing manifesting in every person watching today. Healing in our nation. In Jesus' name, we love you. God is so good. Man, I'm pumped. I could like do some laps around the building. So I may do that during Bible trivia and just text in. I don't know. But right now it's time to hop over to Buddy with Bible trivia. Make sure that you stick around. You can win coffee on us, free money today. If you were the first one to answer, stick around. We're going to go right to Buddy.
What's up, everyone? Welcome to Bible Trivia. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Hey, make sure you like and share this broadcast because uh, we want as many people to be a part of this as possible. And so here's how Bible Trivia works. If you are the first person to comment the right answer on our feed, you get, uh, you get a $5 gift card from us. And so we'll get in contact with you. Uh, to, to make sure you get your prize. But here's how this is going to work. All right, we're going to put some, we have five questions for you today, and we're going to put them up on the screen. And what I want you to do is, we got question one, question two, question three, question four, question five. So for each question, make sure you put a one, a two, or a three, whatever the question is, and then put your answer. They're all multiple choice. So put one A, one B, one C, one D, whatever, two A. That's how we need you to answer so that we can know exactly which question we're on as you're giving the answer. But again, we're going to make sure that the person who wins is going to be the one who puts it first on our feed. It might look different on your news feed, but our feed is the most accurate. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just saying that in fit. Huh? Our, our feed beats your feed. Um, so, we're going to start now with question number one. Get your fingers ready. Get your Google search ready, whatever you need to do. Question number one, here we go. From what priest did Abraham receive a blessing? A, Eli, B, Melchizedek, C, Abimelech, or D, Pope Francis? Which priest did Abraham receive a blessing. Remember, you're going to put a 1 and then A, B, C, or D. We're waiting for them in the comments. Oh, they're popping up. They're coming up. They're coming up in the comments. I'm seeing them on YouTube. I'm not seeing any on Facebook yet. But what is our first answer of the day for question number one? It is B, Melchizedek. I feel like that's the proper way to say it. Melchizedek. And that one goes to Caleb Vanoy. Well done, Caleb. I'm pleased with you. You, get, you got the first point of the day. Congratulations. Also, we just reached 100 comments. Hey, praise God. That goes to... Who does that go to? Grayson Pickett. You get the 100th comment, which means you also get a gift card from us. So... Even though you weren't the first on that one, you are still a winner in our book. All right, let's move on to question number two for Bible trivia. How many baskets were left over after Jesus fed the 5,000? A, 12, B, 7, C, 20, or D, 4.2? How many baskets were left over after Jesus fed the 5,000? Now, don't get him mixed up with the 4,000, because he did it twice. All right, they're coming in, they're coming in. They're coming in. I'm, see, I'm seeing the answers. I'm seeing them come in. All right, what is the proper answer for question number two? It is A, 12, and that goes to Cindy Orr over on YouTube. Man, people on YouTube are killing it here. Well done, Cindy. You get that second question uh, and we'll get in contact with you on how you can get your gift card. Well done. And we're getting, everyone in the comments got that right. I'm, I'm really pleased with you guys. You guys are doing very well. Very well. All right. Moving on to question number three for today's Bible trivia. 
question number three. In Revelation, what is the name of the star that falls when the third trumpet sounds? This one's not the easiest one. A, Orion. B, the sun. C, the Milky Way. Or D, Wormwood. What's the name of the star that falls when the third trumpet sounds? A, Orion, B, the Sun, C, Milky Way, or D, Wormwood. They're coming up. They're coming up. I see some answers. Peep, man, those guys over on YouTube are, are, are getting in there quick. I see the first correct answer. It's popped up over on YouTube. What's the correct answer? It is... D, Wormwood. What a weird name for a star, but it's in the Bible. So that goes to Caleb Vanoya again. That's your second right answer on today's Bible trivia. That means there's $10 going your way in a gift card. Praise God. Well done, Caleb. I'm pleased with you. All right, moving on to question number four for today's Bible trivia. Question number four, if you've been following the man who would be king, this one should be easy. Who was Abigail's first husband? A, Laban, or B, Laban spelled backwards, Nabal, C, David, or D, Judas? <laughs> yeah, if you've been listening, if you've been watching The Man Who Would Be King, you, this is one that you would probably know. Who is Abigail's first husband? Is it Laban, Nabal, David, or Judas? Yeah, did, did anyone ever notice that, that uh, Laban and Nabal are, like, what's the word? Uh, they're opposite. I'm seeing a lot of them coming up. Have we? Oh, there we go. I see our first correct answer over on Facebook. What is it? What's the proper answer? It is B, Nabal. It is B. Nabal. I, got, I, I bamboozled some people with Laban on that one. <laughs> it is B. Nabal, and that goes to Rebecca Beard. Well done, Rebecca Beard. I'm pleased with you. All right, now moving on to question number five. Question number five for five points. How many wings did the seraphim have in Isaiah's vision? Is it A, two, B, four, C, six, or D, none. How many wings did the seraphim have in Isaiah's vision? Oh, they're coming up, they're coming up. I see the first correct answer. Man, they're flowing, they're, they're coming in quick. Uh, what is the correct answer? It is C. Six, with two they covered their feet, right? Two they covered their face, and with two they flew. I'm sure they didn't look like that. But, the, so who was first? Victoria Willis over on YouTube. Well done, you got the, you were first on our feed. So congratulations, we're pleased with you. Well done. All right, well, that concludes Bible trivia for the day. Um, that concludes Bible Trivia for the day. Well done, guys. Make sure you reach out to us. We'll try to reach out to you if you, if you are one of our winners for the day. But, uh, but guys, thank you so much for joining us today for Bible Trivia. We're so pleased with you guys. Now it's time for the man who would be king with Pastor Brian and Paul. You don't want to miss this. This is going to be a powerful word. 
So guys, check it out in a couple seconds. Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? What's up? What's up? Good to see you. Good to see you. I got the man Paul with me today. Hallelujah. We're talking about some good stuff. Hope you're doing great. If you haven't shared the broadcast already, just share it. And we are so glad that you are here today. Uh, we've had uh, quite a number of people viewing and uh, watching everything that's been going on. Yes. And people have been growing yesterday. Literally yesterday, as Buddy and I were talking, they were saying, no, don't stop. Keep it going. We want you to keep on going. They were, they were seeing all those things, and uh, it was awesome. So uh, we just welcome you today. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, we're going to start today in 2 Samuel chapter 11. And this is one of the things that I think is so interesting is that one thing I love about the Bible is that it doesn't just show all the success stories. Mm -hmm. It shows people's humanity. It shows their mm -hmm. mess-ups. And this is a big one. For the man who would be king, uh, this is a big mess-up. I want you to see this, though. When you go over into Acts... It talks about David. In the beginning of Matthew, it still talks about David being the great king. Mm -hmm. And even Jesus is identified with David, even though he has this literally adulterous moment. Yeah. And uh, you see, and this is something that's very interesting, and I want you to receive hope from it, is if you've messed up, there's hope for you. And over in Acts, it says he found David who would do all of God's will. He, he mm -hmm. was a man after God's own heart and would do all of his will. And yet he had this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had this chapter. This is not only is he an adulterer, but a murderer. Mm -hmm. And he has this moment, but he goes to God and he repents. And, of course, that, that doesn't wipe out all of the fruit. There's, yeah. a, there's a fruit and there's a harvest that comes up. And it's an issue. This is an issue for the rest of his uh, time. Uh, but in God, there is forgiveness. There yeah. is hope. And even when we mess up, there's hope. And I know, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I've messed up <laughs> plenty of times. And uh, it, it's one of those things where uh, I really am just so thankful of the mercy of the Lord because he took a guy that was really messed up, me, mm -hmm. and uh, he and he helped me, and he helped me bring me up to new levels. And I still got stuff I'm working out. I I still have stuff that I'm growing mm -hmm. in. But he really has uh, lifted us to another place, and I'm constantly getting better and better. I'm constantly going after the Lord, and I know that you have found uh, the same thing. So, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, let me just give some direction. Look, the whole tripod is off. There you go. That's better. <laughs> All right. Good. So um, anyway, we just welcome you. Let's go ahead and jump in and let's get in, uh, get into this. This is 2 Samuel chapter 11. 
And uh, let's go ahead and read. Uh, you have New American Standard there? Uh, no, you got, King James. Okay, all right. Let's look at this in Second uh, Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, Then it happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Now, right here is the very first problem. <laughs> right here is the very first problem. Where should David be when the kings go out to battle? David was saying, nah, I'm going to stay home. Yeah. He had a place, and he wasn't in his place. Yeah. And one thing that you'll find, write this in the comments right now, is leaders know how to stay in their place. Leaders always stay in their place. And uh, if they stay in their place, doing the right thing at the right time, doing the, you know, thinking on the right thoughts, saying the right things, mm -hmm. taking the right actions, then they'll have right in their life. Uh, but if you're not in the right place and you're not thinking the right thoughts and you're not doing the right things, then what's going to happen is you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And I've found that I've found that to be true is when I'm not in the right place, I set myself up for failure. I set myself up for failure. And uh, one of the things that I think is important to look at, you can I'm going to pull this up on my phone. Uh, the New Living Translation in. Let's see, it is. First Timothy or Second Timothy two, Second Timothy two and verse twenty, in the New Living Translation, it says this: "But in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure." So 20, verse 20 through 22, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Now see, he says, look, if we'll keep ourselves clean, you'll be ready for every good work. Mm -hmm. I want to be ready for every good work. And this drives me to keep my life clean, yeah. you know. But look at the very next verse, verse 22. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So one of the things that says here is run from those things that generate youthful lust. Now, when we think lust, most of the time we think sexual. And in David's story, that's what this yeah. turns out to be. But youthful lust can be a number of things. It can be that I just like, you know, I want sodas all the time. That's actually a youthful lust. I want desserts with every meal. That's a youthful lust, you know. I'm, I'm like <laughs> correcting myself right now. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, well, ice cream. Good. Ice cream's you good. Can, you can put ice cream with anything. Yeah, we turn us into kids right here, straight to youthful lust. Like, put ice cream. Like, when's this session going to be done? Ice cream is good. And there's a time to have the ice cream, but not all the time. Yes. And so a lot of times, it's basically when our flesh is enticed, and the Bible says, flee. Run from it. Yeah. And so I think about, and one of the things I want us to look at today is 
what should have happened, mm-hmm. you know, how should it have taken place? And so, you know, I think about like Joseph and when he's in Potiphar's house, Joseph is in Potiphar's house and all of a sudden here he is at Potiphar's house and I think he had to know that Potiphar's wife had something for him, had a thing for him, and yet he's still working in the house alone. You know, if I'm Joseph, I'm thinking now, and I I wouldn't have done this early on, but today I, I need to think this way. We want to abstain from the appearance of evil is what the Bible says. If I'm Joseph, then I'm going to find somebody that's always in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I, even in the ministry, just for this exact purpose, to flee from youthful lust, we have a rule. What's the rule? Rule of three. Rule of three. There's always got to be three people yep. if it's mixed uh, sexes. In other words, if you got a woman and a man, there has to be a third person. If it's two guys, fine. Two women, fine. But if it if yeah. it's a mix, there has to be three. And what is that? It just sets a rule. Never can they be in the same building uh, without a third person mm-hmm. in there. It just they never should be behind a closed door together, right? It's it always we have that rule of three. Why we're running from youthful lust. We're keeping yeah. it completely away. That way, it's not even an issue. It's not a temptation. And here's the issue: somebody who would say, "Well, I'll never be tempted with that." You're already set up to be tempted yeah. with that. You are you are prime to be tempted with that. So the things that you think you know, matter of fact, if you start passing, well, I'll never be tempted with that, but that person is. You start judging how awful they are. You literally, Romans uh, tells us that we become guilty of the same thing as mm-hmm. we pass that judgment in our heart. So we want to make sure that we're not walking in that. Don't don't just sit there and say, well, I'll never do that. The Bible says, look, as long as you have this flesh, this flesh is not renewed. It, it was corrupted with sin, and until we get a glorified body, that that bent for sin is always there. Mm-hmm. However, God's given us the power over that. And all we have to do is tell it no, and one of the ways to tell it no is never be in the position where we have to tell it. Run from that. See, if Joseph would have been working in a different office or had somebody else in the house, then she couldn't have accused him in that way. And it's one of those things where you want to make sure that you flee from youthful lust. So now, and I want you to see this. Think about this. Think about this with David. So David's sitting there. (laughs) <laughs> Buddy put emojis up running from ice cream, and he did it in the right direction, too. Ice cream's here. He's running that way. <laughs> well played, buddy. Well played. Good job. So uh, one of the things that's very interesting, yeah, Buddy just put up 1 Corinthians ten twelve. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. In other words, it's a potential according to the word. We have to, and this is why it tells us to run from youthful lust because it's a potential. So we have to make sure that we position ourselves uh, in a place where we don't even have a decision to make. You know, uh, if I see, like for example, when I was traveling on one trip, I went into a store at the airport and I walked into the store and there was this lady and she was given too much attention. And I was there, I was there with a group of people, but nobody was around me at the moment. So I'm like, you know what? I'm exiting out of the store because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to respond to that, but I don't know what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to put myself into that yeah. position when I recognize that I'm getting out of the store. 
So what's interesting, now watch this. Dave, here, watch how sneaky this can be. David probably thought, you know, I've been working hard as king. I've been in battles for years now. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to just take a breather. Now, that sounds innocent enough, mm-hmm. and that's why we need the leading of the Holy Ghost. Because doesn't that sound like that's not a bad plan? But yet, didn't God know that David would be tempted at this point? Didn't God know that David would be tempted during his stay at home? And if he besought the Lord, what would the Lord have told him? Go, Go to the battlefield. Yeah. Get out there. But he probably didn't seek the mm-hmm. Lord. We have no record of him seeking the Lord. And so, and, and God could have saved them in different ways, but the point is, and this is why I believe the Holy Spirit put it out there. It was the time for him to be at war. Yeah. It was the time for him to be handling business, not sitting back. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, one thing, the Bible never talks about retirement. It talks about in your old age, you'll be more productive. Yeah. It talks about not losing strength. A lot of people have this mindset that I'm going to be uh, retiring and then I'm just going to do nothing. That's when people mess up. Mm-hmm. You are always called to produce fruit. Never are you not supposed to produce fruit. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't retire from your job, but you never retire from being an ambassador of yeah. God. And see, when we get out of our place and we're not being productive, that doesn't mean you can't have vacations. That doesn't mean that you can't have times where you need time to get away, time to rest, time to take a break. But when it's time to make hay, Mm -hmm. you do it while the sun's shining. You're about the Lord's business. When it's time to win souls, you win souls. When it's time to go after the Lord, you go after the Lord. When it's time to produce fruit, you produce fruit. And it was time for David, and he probably had a thought that seemed innocent, but it wasn't an innocent thought. He ditched fruitfulness, and it put him in a place of idleness, and in idleness, the temptation came. Well... When you were talking about, mentioned that, you know, it says that we'll be witnesses to the edge of the earth, but it never says at a certain age that you stop being a witness. Correct. Your witness is with, you're supposed to be a witness until the rapture comes or your your time on earth is, That's right. is done. So a lot of times you see people, they get retired, what do they do? They want to go sit on the beach and have a drink and stuff like that. But what yes. you're doing is, what you're doing might be innocent. Yes. But what you're not realizing is the person that's walking by, what they see, yes. and then what their mind starts putting together is, well, that guy's sitting there, he's just drunk on the beach, da, 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 and then right. there goes your witness. Yes. So yeah. it's those little things like that that you have to think about and put yourself and honestly look and guard that witness no matter where you're at in your life, whether you're a new believer or you've, you're 90 years old, you yeah. still have to pay attention to that. And it's something that you have to check all the time because it's like, well, it'd be nice just to sit back and have a glass of wine with dinner. Well, that person that walks by, you might yes. need a witness to, and it's going to be hard to witness to that person if you've got a glass of wine sitting on your table. Yeah. It's because their mind, they might not know that's one glass. They might say that that could be seven glasses that he's had sitting there. And yeah. It's something that you really got to pay attention to. So if you're not being where you're called to be and doing what you're called to do in that moment, yes. and you let that one slip up, that could cost somebody eternity. That's right. 
And, and you don't know everything that's going to happen. We don't have insight to that, but God does, mm -hmm. which is why he is the one who will lead us. It says the, the people that are being led by the Spirit of God are the children of God, or they're operating in his family. They're doing what they should be doing. And see, think about this. Now, if you know this story, David goes on uh, to sleep with a lady kill her husband, he loses a child, and then for the rest of his time while he's alive, there's turmoil in his house, mm -hmm. and it leads back to this this time. Watch this. In verse 1, I, it's funny because I told Paul, uh, we're going to move through these verses pretty quickly, and we're, you know, we're 15 minutes in, and we're <laughs> on verse 1. And uh, yay, good job. Wait a minute. Good job. It's me. It's not you. It's me. And uh, so, and so in the situation, here's uh, here's David. Had he simply fled, fled, ran <laughs> from a tempting situation, all of this trouble would yeah. be gone. Had he been fruitful, all of this trouble would be gone. You know, I watch, let me, let me give a good example of this. I watch as people will sit online and Christians will judge other Christians. Mm -hmm. And they will be, they'll rip up another preacher. Yeah. Uh, put this in the comments, please. Really bold letters. A good leader is not a critic. Yeah. A good leader is not a critic or an accuser. That doesn't mean that they don't see uh, truth. It doesn't mean that they don't recognize reality, but they don't have a spirit of critical. Yeah. They don't have a critical spirit or an accusing spirit. That's from the devil. But I've watched Christians sit at home and literally try to rip up all these preachers. You know, recently I saw somebody and uh, it was a minister or a guy that used to be a minister who's not even a minister now. And he's ripping up a minister that's been in ministry for 50 years and done things all around the world. And this guy's like sitting in his basement ripping it up like he knows something, mm -hmm. like he's done something. And uh, it, it's like, come on, you know. Don't, and this is just it. What are they not doing? If you're criticizing and accusing, you're not being fruitful. Yeah. Write that in the comments. If you're criticizing and accusing, you're not being fruitful. And if you're not being fruitful, you're out of your place. Yeah. You're out of place. And it's going to lead to, and if you watch it, watch the people who will criticize, watch the people who will accuse and they always end up having trouble and not really producing anything until that mindset changes. Yeah. Haven't you seen it? I've seen it. If you watch people who are critical and accused, they never produce much. And that one bad seed brings forth yeah. a bunch of bad fruit. It's not just yeah. one bad thing that happens. You call, yes. it's like David, one mistake called a multiple multiple problems yes. down the line. So it was off of one action had yes. X amount of results. The, the fruit he, the, you know, I should say positive fruit, the fruit he produced was not the fruit he wanted. Exactly. Yeah. And, it just, and that works the same way with your finance, that one seed sown in the good yes. soil produces much fruit. Well, the same thing, you sow a bad seed, yeah. you're going you're gonna to have, have an issue that's going to come with it yeah. the same way. Yeah. So that's why it's really important to pay attention to what you're doing, where your thoughts are at, where your actions are at.
and really check yourself with the Holy Spirit. You know, what, like for instance, when I had a a job a while back and situation came up on the job and I called Jade immediately and was like, I need you to stay on the phone with me. Yeah. And because of the, uh, the lady in the house and everything, and it was an uncomfortable situation, I was like, I need you to stay on the phone. Yeah. There wasn't nobody else there with me. So I stayed outside of the house That's on good. the phone until my wife left work and came to the house. That way there could be no, there's no way anything could be said or anything. Yeah. And then we also had reached out That's to you and good. Pastor Nicole at the same time. That way there was no room for any angle for something to be played at. I made sure every basis was covered in that yeah. situation. And then when the problem tried to rise up, it was immediately killed because there was nothing that could happen. Yes. Because the Holy Spirit was, you need to call Jade. Yeah. You need to reach out to pastors right now. Step yeah. out of the house. And by doing that, it eliminated what could have been a huge yeah. issue. Yeah. And the issue was never allowed to come up. Because yeah. in that moment, I knew... And I saw what I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to be, what was supposed to be said. Yeah. And listened to the exact same thing. Standing outside in the hot sun for an hour waiting on my wife to get there. That's what I had to do. And that's what I was willing to do. Yes. Because I, I've, I've read this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things. And you got you to gotta pay attention to it because it was just one little thing. Yeah. That if you yeah. didn't know this, it would have been one of those odds you just kind of rub it off and keep going but then down the road it would have been a massive problem yes yeah there's a um you know a lot of times people don't want to pay attention to the small things they're like oh it's not not a big deal but it really is a big deal because the bible says that it's the small foxes that ruin the vine mm -hmm. and so it's the small things that will lead to ruin. And, and literally, one small decision there, it's a small decision the next time, it's a small decision the next time, then you start working in that house, and then all of a sudden, you have a Joseph situation. Mm -hmm. And it's because you made a decision mm -hmm. on one. And so it's so very important for us. You know, the Lord, put this in the comments if you would. Um, put this in the comments. Uh, the Lord said this to me years ago, and I believe that it, it truly, I know it was for me, but I believe it truly is for every believer. Uh, and I want to give you, because when I first heard it, it kind of was overwhelming, but the Lord showed me what to do so that I could accomplish it. He, he told me years ago, he said, Brian, I want you to live your life so that the devil himself can go through it with a fine-tooth comb and he won't find anything to accuse you over. So put that in the comments. Say, we need to live our lives so that the devil himself can go through it with a fine-tooth comb and he'll find nothing to accuse mm -hmm. us over. And uh, so when I first heard that, I'll say it again in just a second. So we need to live our life in such a way that the devil himself could go through it with a fine-tooth comb and find nothing to accuse you over. And so and when I first heard that, I thought, golly, that's a, that's a big order. And I felt so uh, distant from that place. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, yeah, you've got, a, you've got a ways to go to make this happen. He said, but don't worry. He said, I'll tell you what to handle, and I'll bring them up one at a time, one at a time. All you have to do is when I bring something up to you, deal with that, get it done, mm -hmm. and keep going forward. In other words, no matter what it looks like, 
Uh, you just keep on. And what I found was over the first few years, there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. But then it started slowing down. And then it was like, okay, I, I don't remember the last time I sinned. You know, and all of a sudden I realized I can live this life, but it started by just handling things one at a time. And the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. would bring up what I needed to handle right then. And uh, he'd bring up the next thing and he'll help you do the same thing. He'll help you do it over and over and over again. And all of a sudden you'll look back and say, man, I am so much better than I was before. Praise God. And uh, now know that the flesh will still try yep. the tempt. You know, like, you know, it, when I was in the military, I used to, you know, drink alcohol and I would smoke cigarettes. And those were two addictions that I had to break. But now, you know, when I think about those today, it is so easy. Like, that's not, it was so hard at one point, it felt like. But today it's nothing. It's like so accomplished yeah. and so done. And so it's not hard for me to say no to that at all. However, and now at one point, that was not what was going on. It was very difficult on my flesh. Yeah, amen, Holly. Holly says, he will help me do it. Yes, he will. And he's already been doing that in your lives. And so he will help you. But I'll tell you this, even though, even though I, it's easy for me to say no to alcohol, say no to a cigarette, Every now and then, like every few years, he'll try to get me mm-hmm. with it. He'll just kind of test the ground and see, like, are you still good on this? Or or let me see if you're having a weak moment. And he'll throw it at me. And you have to be strong. You have to know that he's going to constantly try to do that. Uh, know that he's going to try it again. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not it's not even an issue anymore. He will help you with that. Well, that's why it's important to have that that intimate fellowship. With the Father and with the Holy yeah. Spirit, because He's going to point those things up as soon as the urge comes. The Holy Spirit's going to come and say, "You need to, you need to put that down. Yeah, you need to take care of that. Yep. Go ahead." And that just goes along with what you were talking about Sunday. You know, when we receive the Holy Spirit, one of the first signs is that we'll be the be His witness. And you, when He comes, He it's not saying that you're going to be perfect immediately. Yeah, but He comes and He's going to show you those things. Yeah, like, hey. Do this, and then once you take that, okay, I'm going to put that down. He's going to empower you to do it. Yes, it's not you're not doing it on your own. He's going to he's going to show you the stuff, but then he's also going to give you the strength and the power yes. to overcome it. Yeah, because you've already been you're you're already an overcomer. Yes, you just have to re- trust him to to help you. Yeah, because a lot of people addiction is a big thing. It is, but. Do you not think, you know, dying and then coming back from the dead is a big thing? <laughs> if he can do that, don't you think he could he could help you beat an addiction problem? That's a great point. Don't you think he can help you beat an alcohol? It it's already there. Yeah. So when you receive the Holy Spirit and He points it out, just okay. Well, if you're telling me this, yes. then I can do it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy on your flesh because it's not. Yeah, but he's going to help you every step of the way. Like whenever I start, started to quit smoking, it was one of those mm, mm, straw gum. Yeah, and then I would do good, and then every once in a while you'd have one of those days, and it's like, and then I would end up talking to you, and you're like, hey, "What are you? So what should you do right now? Just throw it away." Yeah, <laughs> throw good it job. away. And it was one of those things, but having that relationship, and then having that that relationship with you, and submitting when you tell me to do something. That I know that you're telling me for the good of me. Yeah. Not yeah. trying to tell me to try to control. It's, yeah. hey, look, 
this is what it, this is what he's telling you to do. He's going to help you do it. Yeah. But by you doing this, you're not helping him help you. Yeah. And it's like, so when you understand that and you get that relationship and then you fully submit to your pastor the way you're called to, it makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not just you trying to battle it. You, he's giving you help and he's giving you wisdom and he's giving you strength from different angles. Praise God. Uh, Grayson just said, God is bigger than any addiction. I've seen it firsthand. Uh, that's awesome. And I have, you know, well, you bring up a great point. When you're fleeing youthful lust, one, you want to always stay in fellowship with God, mm -hmm. but you also want to f stay in fellowship with believers. Those two things are what's going to really be your strength. Fellowship with God through word, uh, prayer, and worship, mm -hmm. through the word, prayer, and worship, uh, but also fellowship with other believers. I love in Acts where it says they continued in the fellowship and breaking bread and the apostles' doctrine, prayer, uh, fellowship with each other, and, and, and living life together, having meals together, stuff like that. It said they continued to do that. And these are things that bring about an accountability, mm -hmm. and that accountability is so important. Like what you just said, when you would get on the phone, and see, that's what a lot of people don't do, is they, they try to handle it all their own, stand out like an island or a silo, and then all of a sudden they're sitting there and, you know, they, they're like, I can do this. And really what's happening is they have pride yeah. that's saying, I'm bigger than this and I can handle it on my own. But God's already told us that's not my design. My design is not for you to just handle it on yeah. your own, but to grow. Like I can handle cigarettes and alcohol now on my own for the most part, but it's because I reached out to yeah. other people in the beginning. So I grew to that place now, but when you assign that too quickly, like when you, and that, that's a mistake most people mm -hmm. do. They, they become like a spiritual teenager. They think they've arrived at that point. Then they try to handle an addiction on their own without utilizing other people. And all of a sudden they fall off, you know, fall off. And now they're mad at God. And all they had to do was reach out. I'm, uh, I know one situation in the past where I literally spoke with somebody that week and said, listen, if you've got any issue, call me immediately. Do not wait. Because I perceived and picked up in the spirit they were going to have a problem yeah. that week. Sure enough, the addiction raids, uh, raid, raises its head that week. And that person falls off and uh, fell back into it. And praise God, they're doing better now. But it was like out of pride, they thought that they could, mm -hmm. they could handle it themselves, you know. And uh, don't do that. Why, why take that chance? Yeah. Just utilize the system that God has in place. Reach out. Because yeah. I'm sure you didn't want to call me in your flesh. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> and that's good. You know, people yeah. need to hear. You didn't want to call me in the flesh. Your spirit man did, which is why yeah. you did. You were listening more to the spirit, and the mindset on the spirit is life and peace, mm -hmm. but the mindset on the flesh is death. And then, I mean, even, and then after that, I think there was, there was, it was, I don't even think it was like a month later, the same thing came up, and I actually bought a pack at the gas station, but as I walked out the door, it hit me, and I was just like, and I just threw it in the trash can as I walked out the door, like, good job. That's no, so good. It's one of those, and it's like, but if I would have never took that step the week before and called yeah. you, and received that that word. Yeah. Then when that problem when it came up the next time, it wouldn't have been as easy to just do that. Yes. But I had that word that was still in my head that I had I had reached out for. Yes. 
purpose myself to reach out for. So it was a living yes. word inside. So whenever that issue came up and grabbed it, and as I was walking out the door, that word came right back as, okay, never mind. We don't need that. I'm stronger than that. I'm bigger than that situation. Let's just walk away. Yeah. And just not going to go back in and ask for my money back because then the longer I do that, that's more that sitting there holding my hand and my mind can go, oh, it'll be okay. Yeah. Instantly, just throw it down. Yeah. Flee, run from it. <laughs> so so me, I have a question that uh, Priscilla asked here, and I think it's an important question. And then I want to go back to this and then we'll wrap up for today. But Priscilla says, this one mistake calls problems for the rest of David's life. Under the new covenant of Jesus Christ, is it possible that this day I could still reap the negative consequences of a mistake I've made? I think not because of repentance, but can you clarify, please? Um, understand, I think it's very important for us to understand uh, that we live in a kingdom that has seed time and harvest. And so there is a harvest based off of seeds we plant. Uh, however, there are things that God can redeem us from and restore us from. So, for example, I mean, if you just, if you just think about it, let's say that you have a minister that's called into ministry when he's 20, but he doesn't actually uh, walk in that call. He makes a decision to go into business when he was supposed to minister. And then he turns, you know... Uh, 70 years old and that's when he starts ministering well he's lost 50 years of yeah. ministry he can't get that back in that way now god can do the supernatural god can do the miraculous and he will restore years that the canker worm has stolen he is a restorer but that's you know you're not going to see the same level in that moment However, what we can apply faith to is that, Lord, I'm believing God. Look, I recognize I made my mistake. I repent. I do believe that God can do some supernatural things. But the problem is that a lot of people would take that word and they would just put off what they should do. And, of course, this falls under the category of where Paul said, God forbid that you do that. In other words, our whole heart should be that we're always pressing towards the things of God, understanding that our decisions do have a consequence. And I can tell you that, like, you know, I can tell you that there are things that you don't, that you can't recover from, uh, not necessarily because God won't do it, but because a lot of times we, our own minds won't let us do it. It won't, it won't allow it. And I, you know, there's been uh, things it's an interesting thing because God sees all of our, all of our history and all of our life, uh, and he can see what's coming up and what's not. And God is a restorer, and he's a forgiver, and, and he is not the condemner. He's not wanting to. He's wanting to give you fullness of life. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 that you can increase, and therefore you can also decrease, have a decreased harvest own your righteousness based off of how you position your heart and the, and the things that you sow. So what we want to do is not really focus on what could have been. Uh, what we want to focus is on what can I have now and let me go after that with everything that I have. Um, you know, if you sit back, you kind of get into the game of 
why and and you get into all of the how and the why instead of just saying, Lord, I trust you, and so I'm going to live that way for the rest of my life. So I think the question in itself is a little bit of, it, it's a little bit off-center, because, and I think most everybody thinks this way, because we're fleshly-minded and we're law-minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, the natural tendency of a corrupted flesh is to pay a penalty of sin. And so we constantly will stay in that condemnation. So we approach it from, uh, I've missed it, what's my price? What's the price for missing it? And that's actually a corrupted thinking instead of saying, Lord, I want to achieve everything you have for me now, and I'm asking for restoration. I'm believing you for restoration. And Lord, let everything that can happen to the best of its ability be made. In other words, instead of looking at the positive and negative of it, we recognize there is a negative, but we're not going to have it. We're going to make the right choices for God. We're going to go after him. And uh, if that person will put down, you know, repent for the past, believe in the restoring power and supernatural power of God, and go after him, here's the issue. From this day forward, you can have 100% of what God has for you. And that's a, you know, put that in the comments. From this day forward, you can have 100% of God's plan for you. And that's the way that we should look mm-hmm. at it. It's like from this day forward, I will not uh, plant bad seed anymore. I will have a full harvest of everything God has for me. Yeah. And here's what I want you to see. When you do that, now you take that same minister that's focusing in that way. He was supposed to start ministering at, at 20, but then he you know, actually started ministering at 70, lost all those years. I do believe that God can uh, put, if that minister will repent and he will believe God, and, and it's a truthful, heartfelt repentance <laughs> and a belief in faith and not walking in condemnation, I truly believe God can drop on him an anointing uh, to make up that yeah. time. Uh, I don't think most people see that because they don't know the the realities of God's forgiveness Mm -hmm. and his mercy, and they don't know the realities of him as a restorer. So I don't think most people see that, but I do think it's possible. Um, I think it's possible to get those things uh, back together and God can restore that. Uh, But I I think it would be very, very difficult for a person who's in rebellion for 50 years because they'd have 50 years of rebellion to work out of their mind. Like, I know I'm supposed to be preaching, but I'm not. They'd have 50 years of that stronghold, and it'd be be difficult. So, amen. Priscilla said, for a long... A long time ago, she repented, but she hadn't let herself move forward. Thank you for that. Amen. You got to stay looking, you know, looking forward into what the Lord has from you from this day forward. And uh, amen. Marky put it in there. This I will have 100% of what God has for me. Amen. Glory to God. And so, you know, I think what I was saying about that minister is, you know, God could, you know, let's say that he was in rebellion for 50 years and then he picked up ministry. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to have a hard time actually moving into that restoration simply because he had 50 years of a mindset that now it has to completely reverse. And it's not that God can't reverse that. But many times men have had trouble reversing that because they haven't pulled on God to help reverse that thinking. However, if he's not been in rebellion or he really truly receives a complete change 
in his thinking and a complete uh, forgiveness in his thinking. I think that somebody in that situation literally, uh, I believe that God could drop on them a world-changing anointing and could do in one or two years what, you know, do in five years what God, you know, uh, what could have been done in 50. I mean, I really do believe that. I believe that God's that big and he's that gracious and he's that merciful. The problem is we hear this. Here's the issue. We should never find ourselves in that situation because we don't do what David did. You know, uh, we seek God first. We seek him first so that we don't have this issue. And so we need to be constantly seeking the Lord. And many times we haven't been seeking the Mm -hmm. Lord. We've just been doing whatever. But you notice when David was successful, what was he always doing? What were we reading about all through 1 Samuel and and the beginning of 2 Samuel? He inquired of the Lord. We need to inquire of the Lord. We need to know what God's saying. We need to walk with God. And we need to hear and inquire of him on a regular basis. Just because you inquired uh, yesterday doesn't mean that we don't need to inquire today. We need to inquire of the Lord all the time. I'm constantly seeking the Lord to help me know where to go and what to do all the time. And that's where your provision's at. Yes. I mean, like with with that situation with the job, you know, they were sitting there telling me, oh, you're supposed to be a Christian guy and this and this and this. And we know so many people, you'll never do business. But by me being obedient and doing what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do, Actually, after that point, the business went up. Yes, yes. And it was because in that moment, yeah. it was like, I can trust you with this. Yeah, yeah. You're going to do what I've asked you to do, so I can give you a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And by doing that, instead of what the world said, this is going to stop your business because you're pulling off a job because of this situation, da 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 when you can, you can tough it out and just work through this. That's not what the Holy Spirit was yeah. doing. Holy Spirit, no, this is... This That's is crossing right. a lot of lines here. So the world's in there, your business is going to go down. But by being obedient yeah. to the Holy Spirit and not the world, the complete opposite happened. Yeah. The business started going up because Glory of that. Glory to God. So what didn't make sen- doesn't make sense in the flesh, being obedient to the Holy Spirit brings forth that, that supernatural yeah. provision that you can't see with your eyes, that yeah. you don't see in, in, the, in the flesh. But that's where you have to learn to have that fellowship and you have to learn to trust him that he's going to, if he tells you to do something and you're obedient, yeah. he's going to strengthen you with it. And it's not just going to strengthen you to get you through the problem, but there's going to be a blessing and a provision laying on the other side of it. Yeah. Amen. Well, I want us to go back to this verse. I really uh, sense that the Lord is leading us back to this verse again. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 through 22. And I want us to see this again. Here's, here's the instruction from the Lord. This is in the New Living. Uh, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions. And the cheap ones are for everyday use. So one of the first things we need to decide is, do we want to be the special utensils of God or do we want to be the cheap ones, the common ones? Do we want to be holy or do we want to be common and profane? And that's a decision each one of us needs to make. Which one? A good leader, and please put this in the comments, 
Uh, share the broadcast if you haven't done so already. And, and listen, uh, on YouTube, go and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we need people to subscribe over there. That helps us. Go, uh, go to whatsright.com, click the YouTube link, and uh, go and subscribe over there. But here's what I want you to, I want you to put. A good leader makes a decision to be holy. A good leader always makes a decision to be holy. A good leader always makes a decision to be holy. Thank you, uh, buddy, for putting that uh, link over in Facebook. A good leader always makes a decision to be holy. And so if you'll decide to be holy, you'll, you will be a special utensil, and it'll be used for special occasions. Watch this, verse 21. If you keep yourself pure, here's how you decide to be holy. You keep yourself pure. You will be a special yeah. utensil for honorable use. This is not only uh, what God's telling us to do, but it's also he's telling us the promise that we'll have. If you'll do this, I'm promising you, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. God will use you in the honorable places. So a good leader will keep himself pure and holy. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Everyone. I want to be used for every good work. I don't want to just be available for a few every now and then. I want to be used. I want to be the kind of person that, that God says, oh, you can use Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Brian's ready. Yeah. I want to be that person. And unfortunately, I haven't had that testimony always. But I'm seeking to do it now, every yeah. day of my life. Lord, let me be pure. Let me be holy. I want to be used in every good work. Yeah. I want to be ready. I want to be ready for you know the small miracle. I want to be ready for the big miracle. I want to be ready. You know, I want to be ready. And you can be ready too. And then he says this, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Flee from it. Run from it. Mm-hmm. Run from it. Run from it. Make it hard to get to it, you know? Make it difficult to get yeah. there. I shared uh, on Sunday that when I was doing a uh, fast from media, and uh, during that time I had several food fasts too, but I, I also I had a media fast where I shut down and I didn't watch any movies, didn't play any games, didn't scroll on Facebook, read no books, watched no news reports, uh, nothing like that. All media gone, unless the Lord specifically told me like to go watch something that was happening in the news or something. But that was, I don't even remember that that happened. But um, no media. And so what I literally did, I didn't realize how much of a habit I had for social media. And so I found myself like just by habit pulling up my phone and hitting, hitting that. And I was like, oh, no, wait, I'm not doing that. You know, yeah. I said, you know what, make this, let me make this hard. Let me get it away from me. And so I took that icon you know, for the app and I put it in a folder and I made it p- several pages back. You know, So I, by the time I had to click a different folder, that would wake me up to mm-hmm. it. And then it'd be, I'd have to go and find it and it would wake me up and so I could make a better decision. It would be like an alarm clock to me. And it was harder. It was further away yeah. for me. And that helped me to say, no, I'm not going to do that. He says, if you'll keep yourself pure, he, or excuse me, he says, run or flee from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. 
Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with a pure hearts. And there it is again, the accountability. See, when you're living holy, and it helps me live holy, you know. Yeah. And even though I'm pastor, if you're living holy and Barrett's living holy and Buddy's living holy, that helps me live holy yeah. even as pastor. It encourages me to walk on a yeah. different level, you know. Uh, it encourages me. We need to do that. So as we're wrapping up today, you know, here's what I want you to see. Seek the Lord. Don't be out of place. Run from the places that stimulate uh, youthful lust, that uh, stimulate some type of temptation in your life, no matter what the temptation is. Run from that. Run from it, you know. If you, honestly, if you like Krispy Kreme donuts and Dunkin' Donuts, don't drive by the place on the way home. Find another way home, you know. Um, I, I mean, seriously, these are, these are just practical things that you can do, you know. Uh, if you know that in your office there's some lady that likes you or you have an attraction uh, to her, don't walk by her office. Walk another way, you know. Don't, don't just go and hang out and, and, and just bring up conversation. Go another way, you yep. know. Run from that. Don't play around with that stuff. It's the small foxes that ruin the vine. And so it's very important. You know, if you um, uh, don't meditate on things, you know, you're go we're going to read it tomorrow. Uh, David meditated on the wrong things. Don't think on those things. Take those thoughts captive. Put them out. You know, every person, because of this corrupted flesh, every person... <laughs> Buddy, his emoji, but he put in an emoji of running away from a donut and then running away from a lady. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's great. I love telling stories with emojis. That's like one of my favorite things to see when it's done well. Um, anyway, uh, run from the things and even the small things, run from those things that will stimulate any temptation or any thoughts and keep those things off your mind. Everybody, because we have a flesh mm -hmm. that's corrupted, is going to have thoughts that will tempt them. Yeah. They're going to. That doesn't make you unholy. It's the thought that you allow to stay there yeah. that will cause that temptation to manifest. It's the thought that you allowed to stay there that becomes sin. And the Lord gave me something years ago, and I've, I've utilized it uh, many times, is I'll say, and it's one of our confessions, it's a part of uh, one of those confessions, is I hate sin. I love righteousness, and I'm anointed. I hate sin. I love righteousness, and I'm anointed. Put that in the comments right now. Say it and make it personal. Make it yours. Put it with as much you know, exclamation as you need to put it. And put it in all caps if you need to. I hate sin. I love righteousness and I'm anointed. Glory to God. I hate sin. I love righteousness and I'm anointed. And if I find myself thinking on something, like my flesh has thrown a thought up there, well, everybody's flesh throws thoughts up there. We need to work on renewing our minds so that immediately that thought is taken captive. Yeah. But as I found myself, if I get in that place, and look, it may be the donut, and you may feel silly for talking about the donut this way, you know, but... Uh, you know, if that donut is causing you to sin and it's and it's crossing your conscience, it's sin. 
It's causing you to go to a place you don't need to go, you know, and you need to say, you know, you can, you can, <laughs> I, I just can picture people driving in their car, you know, with a passenger that's not in the know and they pass a Krispy Kreme. I hate sin, you know, <laughs> and, the, and the, the passenger going, oh my God, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to hell, are we? We're not going to die. <laughs> I hate sin. No, we're I love not going to Krispy Kreme. No, it's just Krispy Kreme. Oh, thank you, Lord. We hate sin. Glory to God. And uh, but you know, but don't get you. Know, it's one of those things where that's okay to do. If that's your issue, then handle it. Speak over it. <laughs> Buddy says, "Hey, man." And uh, he, listen, if that's your issue, then when you have that thought, speak it. I can, I can tell you when the Lord gave that to me, it has helped mm-hmm. to put some of those thoughts that have been lingering, different things, it helped to silence them. You know, I hate sin. I love righteousness. What am I doing? I'm putting in my mouth a positive confession. And that helps me to stay in the right place, doing yeah. the right thing. And I'll tell you, I've seen an uptick in the anointing of God uh, since that period of time. I mean, it's just steadily risen because if you keep yourself pure, you'll be anointed. If you keep yourself holy, you'll be anointed. And um, I was reading a scripture earlier today about that, and it was just talking about walking in righteousness and how the Lord releases that power and releases that protection. So, amen. You got anything else on that before we jump off of there? Well... We always do a session where we're talking about <laughs> sowing and reaping. And, uh, you know, th- we're just going to use the same uh, set of scriptures here uh, today. And if you'd like to give today on Facebook, you can just type in the comments, hashtag donate and the amount afterwards. Uh, anybody can also go to givebc.org, givebc.org, and they can uh, give there. They can become a partner uh, with us. They can give, you know, you don't just have to give like single things. You can actually do a recurring gift as well where you're sowing on a regular basis. I want to sow on a regular basis, and you're welcome to do that. And uh, the Word says that when you do that, the grace that's on us, it becomes your grace. Uh, Paul said you become, in the King James, you become partakers of my grace. In other words, he had a grace on him, and that grace was passed on to his partners, uh, which is awesome. And uh, amen. I see that, Julie. I saw Priscilla uh, sowed something earlier. And uh, we just pray over those. Lord, let them be blessed. Let them multiply in Jesus' name. Let that seed multiply according to your word. Father, your word says that you will take that seed and multiply it, and you will increase the harvest moving to abundance. Put faith on the fact that God's moving your harvest to the abundance place. And not abundance how you and I call it. Abundance how God calls it. That's God speaking. I'm going to move you to abundance. Glory to God. And so one of the things that I want you to see is just looking back at these same verses. Look at this. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are made for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Now, what I want you to see here is this. 
Well, we have to keep ourselves pure also in our thoughts concerning finances and concerning sowing and reaping. We have to keep ourselves pure in that. What does that mean? If we're going to keep ourselves pure in our sowing and reaping, then we have to give for the right reasons. Lord, I love you and yeah. I want to give. So if I have, I find in myself, if I'm ever sitting there in a situation and my heart goes, oh, I don't really want to release that. I deal with that. Mm -hmm. I deal with, oh no, Lord, I want to be a cheerful and an abounding giver. And so if I, and I, I've got revelation on giving, but every now and then I had it just last week. There was one point I was giving and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to give that. And before I released it, I drew it back and I said, Lord, let me get my heart right on that. Lord, I just love you. I praise you. And what am I doing? I'm keeping myself pure even towards my giving. And if I'll do that, then I will be a special utensil uh, for honorable use in finances. Yeah. In finances, I'll be that. I want to be that. I want to be the kind of person that's a, that God says, oh, he's ready. He's got plenty of abundance. Yeah. He's re They're ready. Paul's ready. He's got abundance sitting yeah. there. See, it works in finances the same way that it works in the anointing, you know. And so if we will keep our heart pure, then our giving and our sowing will be pure. Our planting will be pure. And then if that's pure, then it's got the perfect fertilizer to go with it. And then all of a sudden, the spiritual, heavenly, godly fertilizer, and all of a sudden, that purity will bring up a harvest in our lives, and our finances will be in abundance, yeah. and we'll be ready. That's why it says in Second. Corinthians 9, it says you will have an abundance for every, every good, good work, work or every good deed. How does it happen? You keep yourself pure even in your giving. Watch this. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living. Here, faithfulness, love, and peace. So if I'm in my giving and I have somebody in my life that stimulates a youthful lust to hold on to my money and not give to God, I'm going to run from that person. I'm getting away from that person because I know that's not right. Because if I'm going to become like God and become like Jesus, I'm a giver for God so loved that he gave. But not only that, in my giving, I'm going to pursue righteous living. What is righteous living in our giving? What is righteous living in our giving? It, righteous living in our giving is for us to give yeah. what's right at that moment. That means I'm led by the Holy Ghost. And it says, pursue righteous living, pursue faithfulness. What is faithful giving? I'm not, I'm not just giving uh just randomly. No, I'm giving in faith. Yeah. I believe that Lord, all right, Lord, this doesn't make sense that I'm giving right now at this point. But faithfully, I know that as I give to you, I'm trusting you for yeah. supply. I'm trusting you for yeah. provision, which is what you were doing in your actions. Lord, I know this looks silly, but I'm, I'm going to live righteously right now. And then all of a sudden your business was yeah. blessed, right? Yep. And then he says, uh, pursue righteous living, pursue faithfulness, pursue love, and pursue peace. There's something that happens when we give in love and in the peace of God. It is, it's like it magnifies it. And enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So in terms of giving, I want to be around givers. Yeah. I want to be around people that sow. 
You know, last week when we were at the convention, we were around tons of people that give lots of stuff. You know, I was sitting beside somebody, uh, literally I was sitting beside somebody this week and having lunch with somebody this week that I know just, I think it was two years ago, uh, gave a jet and gave the equivalent of a second jet all in one offering. Man, I want to be around people that do that. We're talking about probably close to $250,000 in one offering. I want to be around those kind of people. You know, I want to be around those kind of people because what are they doing? Not only are they givers, but they believe God. They're trusting God. They're saying, Lord, I need a harvest of something else. Guess yeah. what? I, I know that person and they just received a harvest of a lot better than what they gave. God brought in much better and they needed it to fulfill ministry. Yeah. God brought in much, much better, uh, but they gave. And most people didn't know what they gave. I just happened to be personal to them, and I knew them, and I watched it as it happened. So praise God for I saw Barrett and Buddy both uh, sowed something. Lord, just in our giving, let us pursue righteousness, and Lord, bring about your abundance. Let us be. Just, just put this in the comments. Say, Lord, in finances, let me be involved in every good work and used for special occasions. Let me be ready for special occasions. In, in finances, Lord, let me be ready for special occasions. In finances, let us be ready for special occasions. Thank you a lot, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your, for your graciousness. Lord, bless everybody who's sowing. Bless everybody who, who's been giving, Lord. Who, Lord, I just ask right now that you would bless it, press it down, shake it together, cause it to run over into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we receive that and we walk in abundance for every good deed. And there's a residual in their lives as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. If you haven't shared the broadcast, please do so. Other people need to hear this. We love you so, so very much. And we're going to turn it to Barrett as she uh, signs us out and tells you what's about to come up. Sure. We love you. Here's Barrett. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. And we have another awesome episode in store for you tomorrow. Tomorrow we are going to have Food Mash. And we're going to find out if the internet is right in things that are supposed to taste delicious but seem super random. So you're going to have to tune in tomorrow to see if Paul, myself, and Buddy are in agreement with this or no. And what Paul and Buddy just found out is that I signed them up for the segment. Surprise, guys! <laughs> and then after that, we are going to have a brand new Truth Talk episode. Why are Marky, Abby, and I in a closet eating baby food? Your guess is really as good as mine. You're going to have to find out tomorrow. And then finally, I pleased you guys last week with my top 10 list. I'm super excited about it. And tomorrow, we're going to have to find out if my streak continues with which Franchised restaurants are the best, according to moi. So you're going to have to tune in. Plus, we're going to have a whole new, brand new, what's the word? It's going to be great. If you haven't done it already, go ahead and share the broadcast. But before we sign off, 
we have exciting news. If you are in Stanley County, Albemarle, or if you are just interested in earning a bachelor's degree, an associate's degree, or a master's degree, starting next Tuesday, right here in Albemarle, Stanley County, we are starting up Impact University for our fourth year. It is a fully accredited university here in Albemarle, and if you are interested, not just in earning a degree, but seeing your life go up in a way that you've only dreamt of it going, Impact University is the college for you. You can go to impactu.org. It's impactyou.org. Or you can go to the Impact University Albemarle Facebook page. Send us a message. We would love to hear from you and get in touch with you. It's awesome. And frankly, if you just want to chit chat about it, send me a message on Facebook. I'm super accessible. I'm happy to answer questions. But we're just really excited to have you with us. Thank you for joining us today, and we will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode coming at you. We love you, be blessed, and we'll see you tomorrow, 1145.